Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the someone a question, ask a person a question, and as they begin to answer you, you immediately begin disqualifying them, thinking they didn't understand my question. I mean, how many of us have had a printer issue and called Dale and got that English language learner on the phone? And you're thinking, you didn't understand what I was saying. Let, Let me say it again. So then we say it slower and louder because we think that's going to help them to maybe understand us. You know, or you've maybe been given directions on how to do something, and you think, there is absolutely no way that this is going to work. But we, out of kindness, follow the directions. Um, I remember when I was pregnant with Gabe, uh, not Gabe, Zane. I had a friend, and she also was pregnant. She was about five months further along than me. Um, but she was a really good seamstress. And she had two other little girls she made them dresses and things all the time. And so she had started making diaper bags. And I thought, um, I, I want to do that. I want to make a diaper bag. So she gave me my list of, of uh, materials. I was going to say ingredients. That's how, yeah, that tells you all how good of a seamstress I am. Um, she gave me my list. And I didn't want her to do it. I wanted to do it. I needed to make that diaper bag. So the first, I, I made more than one. I, I did. The first one that I made, and not because I messed it up, like I, I made him two legitimate diaper bags, but the first one I made was denim, and I took it, and I had it embroidered with his little name, Zane, you know, and, and the inside was red and white gingham check, and it was really cute, you know, but the whole time I sat there, she would have to tell me like step by step by step by step, and I took home ec in high school, but it didn't stick, and um. So then she made this one that was super cute for her daughter that had, like, it looked like a firecracker had gone off. That's the best way I could say. At the top of it, it was ribbon looped, really cute. So with the, the rim of the bag was loops of ribbon. So I thought, that's what, I'm, I'm making one of those. So she gave me my ingredients again, and I went back to the fabric store and got all the stuff that I needed. And I I called her probably 18 times. You know, she should have just gone with me. But um, I got to her house because I did not dare do this. I mean, even though it was my second bag, this one was fancy. And so I did not dare do this by myself. And, you know, you had to build the shell, and you had to build the inside, and then you put the ribbon on the shell, and you sew it all backwards, and you leave a hole in the inside, and then you pull all the guts out, and it's like, voila, a bag. No. 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 There was no voila to it. I, like, I, I probably broke three or four seam rippers in the process, and she would say, no, you got to do it like this. And I was like, she is so wrong. No. And so I would do it another way, and then come to find out, she did know what she was talking about. And had I just done it her way from the beginning, I probably would have saved myself time, money, effort, even maybe some bleeding in the process. But, you know, when I spoke on Mother's Day, a part of what I shared with you was from Jesus' first miracle when Mary comes to him and they've run out of wine. 
at the wedding in Cana, and she wants him, you know, to do something about it, and he kind of dismisses her initially, and then she turns to the servants, and she says, whatever he says to do, do it, and then she goes away. Where was Mary when I was making the diaper bag that said, whatever Cassandra says to do, do it, but I've thought on that a lot since that day and, and, and began preparing this message not knowing when I would actually speak it and, and give it to you. But I want to I talk about the backside of obedience. When we get on the other side of our obedience and we realize all that God had for us, had we just obeyed, or even if we did obey the things that he had for us on the backside of our obedience. Let's look at Joshua chapter 5 and I'll read it to you then we'll pray together. Joshua chapter 5 is sandwiched between two great miracles of God. In in Joshua 3 and 4, we know that is where the children of Israel crossed the Jordan on dry land. And these first several verses of Joshua are some of our absolute favorites. Billy has preached them time and time again. If you were with us on the Sunday that we came into this building... And we left the old building and we locked the doors together and we came over here and we unlocked these doors together and we came in here and worshiped. It was Joshua 3 and 4 that he spoke out of because it says in three days you'll cross over. And so his whole message is about you don't know what day it is because everybody didn't realize that it was happening that day. But we crossed town and we came into this building. But God had sent the children of Israel into the promised land at harvest time. It was the rainy season. The, it says that the Jordans, you know, they were busting out of the banks. of, of The water was busting out of the banks of the Jordan River. And when the priest stepped into the water, it was hours before that water went all the way down and dried up. And the, and the millions of children of Israel were able to cross over. And so that's 3 and 4. And then we have Joshua 5. And then in 6, we know that it's the destruction of Jericho. Um, but I want to look at chapter 5 today, in one verse, verse 1, it says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the miracles of your word. God, I think that they are not bound to your word, but God, that they are true for us today. And so, God, I pray that you would illuminate your word before us. God, give me thoughts, stories, illustrations, any way better to to deposit what you've placed in me into the heart of your people. God, I pray that you would open our ears to receive all that you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, when you look at the life of Joshua, you see someone who gave himself 100% to completing whatever task he was given. From the first time we see Joshua in Scripture, Exodus, it'll be on the screen, Exodus 17, verses 9 and 10, there is no weight in Joshua's obedience. Sometimes I have a weight in my obedience. Sometimes God has to tell me many times. Sometimes sometimes I have to suffer a little bit. I remember I read a story one time in a devotion about a little kid that um, his mama told him to sit, he was in timeout, she told him to sit down, and he, would, he was not listening, you know, and she told him and told him and told him and told him, and it got physical, if you know what I mean, before he finally did sit down, and when he finally sat down in his little timeout chair, and he crossed his arms, and he looked at his mama, and he said, I might be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. That's how I've been with God sometimes. 
But there's no wait in Joshua's obedience. Anytime God would give an order, immediately Joshua just would move. And Moses, in, in Exodus 17, this is the first time that we read of Joshua. It says, Moses said to Joshua, choose some of the men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites. I mean, Moses gives the order. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. We know that Moses takes the role as, I'm sorry, that Joshua takes the role as Moses' assistant. That he's the one that leads that first spy mission as they go into the promised land. The one that we know still cost them 40 years because when they come back of the doubt and the unbelief in the people. But he later is the one that obeys God and accepts the call to lead the children of Israel out of the wilderness and into the promised land. And so let's, our scripture says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard that the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Every miracle that you have in your life is tied to obedience. Every miracle that we have in our lives are tied to obedience. We see over and over in the life of Joshua throughout Scripture, God gives a directive, Joshua moves, a miracle is provided. Directive, move on the directive, a miracle is provided. They cross the Jordan on dry ground, as we said. They're going to destroy the the town of Jericho. The sun, in just a few scriptures, is going to stand still over Gibeon. God gives a directive. Joshua moves in obedience on the directive, and the miracle is provided. Every miracle that you and I have in our lives is tied to our obedience. This pattern that Joshua said is not just a pattern for the biblical days and times, but it's a pattern that we, too, must apply to our lives. The Word is full of promises for you and I. But those promises are predicated on our obedience. He will fight for us. He will give strength to the weak. He tells us not to fear that he will take our right hand. He offers us joy, hope, peace, comfort. He's made us more than conquerors. He has made us overcomer, an overcomer. And many, many more promises that we could list all day long. But every single promise of scripture is tied to an act on our part. We must be in him to receive those promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 is a favorite scripture for most of us, and most of us probably quote it wrong. In fact, we sing it and, and quote it, but we, in our songs even we sing it wrong. The verse says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. We sing all his promises are yes and amen. But all of his promises in him are yes. And in him, amen. The first step to my obedience is to remain in him. He doesn't owe me anything outside of him. I, I have this umbrella today. Y'all, this umbrella I, I used out in this Texas wind. And so it, it's a little fun. But... It, it still does its purpose. It's broke right over here. Um, but yesterday I, I tried to swim at Cindy's house, and it poured down rain. And so I, I left and got to my house where it was bone dry, and I'm a little bitter about that. But had I been at Cindy's house when it was pouring down rain and had my handy-dandy umbrella, 
and stood like this, how, how good of that would that have been for me? And I could have been mad about it. I have this umbrella. In fact, it was in my car. So, I mean, it was doing me no good in my car at that time either. But this, this umbrella made to protect me. This umbrella made to, to offer shelter over me that I purchased to protect me does me absolutely no good if it's all closed up, absolutely no good if it's in my car, and absolutely no good if it's opened up and it's out here. It's under the umbrella that I'm protected. I'm in the umbrella and I'm protected. And so all of God's promises in him are yes and in him, amen. And if I expect to live under the promises of God, then I have to remain in him. Every miracle is tied to my obedience and I am obligated through obedience to remain in him. Same is true with our relationship for God. We must remain submitted through obedience. I'm not going to try to break this down because... I want to remain holy before y'all, and it's got problems. <laughs> As do I. He has to be central to our decision-making. In all things, every miracle is tied to obedience. The Scripture says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard that the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they crossed over, their hearts melted in fear. And they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Our obedience sets us apart. Remember we said that this verse is sandwiched between them crossing the Jordan on dry ground and the destruction of Jericho. And here sets Joshua 5. It's the crossing of that Jordan on dry ground that has now melted the hearts of these enemy kings. When they heard that they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Our obedience sets us apart. When God gave Joshua the directive of how they were to cross, I can almost guarantee that getting across was all that he was concerned about. Getting across and getting across safely. It was the method of crossing that required that they invest their faith. It was the method of crossing that required that they submit in obedience. Really, God, you want, the, you want our priests to put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders and step into the water, and they're going to stand there. Think about, I mean, I, Billy's done the math. Bible scholars have done the math. I forget how many hours. It was hours that, the, that those priests stood there before the water subsided, and they were on dry ground for people to cross over. But they had to invest their faith, and they had to submit in obedience to the directive of God in order to get their miracle. The miracle that they seeked was crossing safely, and crossing safely that they did. But that single act of obedience set them apart. Our obedience sets us apart. You think today that the thing is the thing. But the thing is not the thing. God wants to do more than the thing that you're going to. You're like, God, I I, I don't know how I'm going to come up with $800 to pay my mortgage. And you think that thing is the thing. Or you say, God, I I don't know what I'm going to do to get my daily blood sugar under 100. That thing is not the thing. I don't know what I'm going to do, God, to restore my marriage. That thing is not the thing. I don't know what I'm going to do to see my kids come back to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That thing is not the thing. On the backside of the miracle, on the backside of what you're looking for, God wants to exceed your expectations. The thing is not the thing. Not only did they cross safely and get millions of people from the wilderness into the promised land, but it says that God, through their obedience, 
elevated them. He, he gave them favor. He drove fear into the hearts of those who were going to attack them. Your obedience sets you apart, and it makes you attractive even to your enemies. The thing is not the thing. Your obedience sets you apart. Every miracle is tied to your obedience. And third, our obedience impacts eternity. See, your story doesn't begin with you. Your story is a continuation of the obedience of those before you. And, and I mean, there is that within us that, you know, we're, we're Texas and we're independent. And so there's a glamour and a, a, a romance to being a self-made man or a self-made woman. But that's just, it's just not the case. Your story does not begin with you. And you may think, well, no, nobody brought me to Christ. I just wandered through these doors on my own. You may not have had a grandma who brought you or a neighbor who invited you or a coworker, But still, the obedience of someone before you, the obedience of a body of believers who lived through a tragedy in 2001 who decided one gentleman to donate this land, another gentleman to start a building fund, and a group of people to sacrificially give into a building fund to see this project Come to pass so that you could wander through these doors. Your story doesn't begin with you. It's a continuation of the obedience of those that have gone before you. And because it does not begin with you, it certainly does not end with you. Our stories impact eternity. In the end, the people of Israel followed Joshua's example and did what God asked of them. And as a result, they inherited the land that God promised to them. Your obedience impacts eternity. Scripture says that Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. What a testimony. That Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. When the people followed Joshua's lifelong example of obedience, they prospered. And according to Judges 2, by the time of of Joshua's death, Joshua was simply known as the servant of the Lord. Somewhere there's a headstone, Joshua, servant of the Lord. Scripture does not call him a man of might, a man of intellect, or a man of talent. It was simply his obedience that it made him extraordinary. And his obedience impacts eternity and impacts us today. Like if you'll come to the keys and if you'll all stand with me. The older I get, which isn't very old. Remember, I'm 29 with some experience. But the older I get, the more I realize that there is far less that I can control than I can, cannot, cannot control. I don't control very much. This hair on my head is proof that I don't have very much control in my life. (laughs) But one thing that puts us all on a level playing field when it comes to obedience and it comes to control is that 
We all have here and we all have now. And we can all control our obedience and our response to here and now. Last week when when Billy spoke, he talked about trying to dictate the outcome. That we really have no control over the outcome. But we have control over the input. And we have to leave the results to God. You know, he says that some, some water, some sow, but God gives the increase. We all can control our input. I can't control how much weight I lose, but I can control what I put into my mouth and how much I move. And then I have to leave the rest to God, leave the rest to my body, leave the rest to my metabolism. I can't control if I'm chosen for the promotion or chosen for the, for the raise. But I can be the best employee that I know to be. I can show up early to work. I can do the job and do it with the best and put my whole heart into it and make my company proud that they hired me. And I can't control if this church is going to grow or not. But I can love every person that God puts in front of me, receive and accept every person he puts in front of me and invite them to be a part of this family. I can't control the output, but I can control the income. And I control the, in, I'm sorry, the input. And I control the input through obedience. It's in the here and it's in the now. And so if you'll bow your heads with me. God, we trust that every miracle that we're looking for is tied to our obedience. It is tied to our here. It is tied to our now. It is tied to the response in our obedience. God, we recognize and understand that our obedience sets us apart. It makes us attractive, even to our enemies. And God, our obedience impacts eternity. And God, I know under the sound of my voice, God, that you have called, you have equipped, you have deposited within every person the opportunity to impact eternity. God, you've given me the the ability to steward my own life and then linked me with this body so that I could go further, so I could make a deeper impact. And God, you've done that for every person here. So God, I pray that you would, at this time, begin to speak to them. God, I know you're speaking. God, it's what you do. So God, ready our ears to hear. If you're here today and you say, you know, I've been too focused on the thing and God just fixing the thing. And I haven't been focused on how he wants to use that thing for his glory and for my good. And so today I want to submit in obedience and let him work through that situation in my life. If that is you, come. We want to pray with you. If you say, it's hard. I'm I'm in a hard place. And I am not living the abundant life that God promised. And I recognize where he's calling me to obedience. If that's you, would you come?
If he's called you to do something that is scaring you, you don't know how you're going to do it, but he's deposited within you a big dream, a brave thing. Come. We put far too much emphasis on the how. Far too much emphasis on the steps and getting them all in order. God gave a directive. Joshua moved. There was a miracle provided. Take the step. God gives a directive. Joshua moved. God gives a directive. Put your name in there. God gives a directive. I'm going to move. Well, some of you that are in your seats... Come and pray with these that have made their way up here. I never want to leave without giving an opportunity for those of us who don't, who, of you who maybe do not know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If you're here today and you say, if, if I were to leave from this place and my life were to end, I do not know that I would spend eternity with Jesus. I do not have that security in Him. I'm not under that umbrella. My life is not hidden in his. If that is you, if you'll raise your hand, I want to pray with you today. If you say, I did know him, I did walk with him, but through circumstances in life, I have stepped away from him. If that's you, I want to pray with you today. If you'll just slip your hand up and put it right back down. No one's looking around. No one will embarrass you. The Bible says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I want to lead you in this prayer. We can all pray it together. But God, I just, I pray. Lord, we confess you as Savior over our lives. God, we want to we live under the covering of you. That all of your promises... In Him are yes, and in Him, amen. God, let us reside in you. We confess you as our Savior. We ask that you forgive us of our sin, that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and that, God, you would become central to our lives. In Jesus' name. If you haven't, please, and can, can please come pray with these in the altar up here. God, on the back side of our obedience, you exceed our expectations. On the back side of our obedience, our blessings and promises that we did not realize were there. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to focus in. God, to not be distracted by those battles that will come that are sent simply as distractions. But God, that we will focus in on what you have for us. And like Mary said, whatever you say to do, we'll do it. Because God, when we trust you, it changes. It changes our approach to life. When we trust you, it changes the way we pray. Because if I believe that you'll do what you said you will do, it revolutionizes my world. God, I trust you for every miracle that's represented in these altars, for every home, for every life, for every healing.
for every fractured relationship. God, whatever it is, God, I trust you. We submit it to you. And God, through obedience, we will listen for your directive and we will move. There will be no weight in our obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.